Cool. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, everyone. That's much better. Much better. So, how's everyone doing? You guys enjoying the Easter weekend? Yeah. Is anybody working tomorrow? No. No. Yeah. Um, cool. So today we're celebrating Easter Sunday. Um, the Sunday that 2,000 years ago, Jesus came back to life for the dead, uh, from the dead. And um, this is incredible. Um, so last week we started um, a three-week series. And last week um, Charlotte spoke about um, Jesus dying. Um, and this week, being Easter Sunday, uh, we're talking about Jesus coming back from life, to life from the dead. And then next week we'll be looking at Jesus going back to heaven where he was before he came down on earth as a man. So where should we start? Let's, let's go back to the very beginning. Um, we read in Genesis, the first book in the Bible, uh, that God created humanity. And the way God did this is, is first he created a body, a physical body. Uh, but the body didn't have life in itself. Uh, not until God put a spirit into the body. So when God put the spirit into the body, that's when the body came alive. So we understand that we're not just physical beings, we're physical and spiritual. And by spiritual, uh, I'm not going to go into detail about soul, heart, mind, and all that. I'll just, for the sake of the message, I'll just group everything in that bracket as spiritual and everything else that you can physically see with your eyes as physical. Um, A nice analogy that people use, um, I I work in engineering, so I like this one. is, uh, to explain this, is, um, you know when you look at your phone, um, your phone's made up of hardware and software. Um, if you took off all the software off your phone, so you took off all your apps, you took off all your operating system and everything, your phone would just be uh, like a box with loads of wires in it, and it has no functionality. Um, the phone finds its functionality when you have the hardware, the physical, and the software, Let's call it the spiritual for the sake of the analogy, um, working together. And this is what we see um, in the way God created humanity, uh, with the physical side and the spiritual side. And you know, many people realize this, even though they would not call themselves Christians. Um, you know, you talk to people and they say they're not religious, but they're spiritual. Um, other people um, just have a desire to search after spiritual experiences. So we know that there's. Um, there's more to us than just, just what we can see with our eyes. Um, now, death is explained as the separation between the physical and the spiritual. So just like going back to the analogy, if you took off all your software off your phone, it's, it's a useless piece of box material. Um, and this is what happens when, when we die as well. Let's read um, John 19, uh, verse 28 to 30 again. So it says, later, uh, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine, vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it and put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up 
his spirit. And that's how Jesus died. So we see uh, in, in this passage that death is the spiritual leaving the physical. And you can see that, you know, if it's, it's not a nice thing to talk about. And Shah spent the whole of last week speaking about death. You know, when you see a, a dead body, it's just a physical, uh, lifeless thing. That, uh, it's, not, it's not a great thing to see. And you can see that uh, that in itself is not, is not life. Um, so I was listening to some quotes about death, um, some movie quotes. And I found this one from Star Wars. Can, can anybody do um, Yoda's accent? Can you do it? Really? Ah. Any, anybody else? No? No? Okay. I, I'm not, I'm not going to do the accent because, uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Yoli, do you want to do it? No. Okay. <laughs> he said, um, death is a natural part of life. Rejoice for those who transform into the force. Mourn them, do not. Miss them, do not. Attachment leads to jealousy, the shadow of greed, that is. Um, so we live in a society that accepts death as a part of life, a part of nature. You know, it's a, a normal thing that we should expect. Um, but this is not true. Death is, is not a part of life. In fact, it's, it's the opposite of life. You know, if you're alive, you're not dead. <laughs> if you're dead, uh, you're not alive. Um, Death is the enemy of life. Life is good, death is bad. Um, you know, when a baby is born, there's massive celebration. Um, but when somebody dies, there's mourning. Um, it's not a happy time. You know, death is a clear sign that there is something fundamentally wrong with this world. And God created Adam and Eve, the first man, to live forever. Um, he didn't create them to die, um, but he gave them free will to choose between life or death. To choose life was to follow God. To choose death was to reject God and go their own way. And this is sin. And because of their choice to go their own way, death came into this world. And, you know, like a child inheriting uh, a disease from their parents, we inherited this death from them. Um, but then also in that, um, when we were presented with the choice ourselves to be, choose between God and, and our, own, our own way, um, we chose to go our own way. And this is sin. Um, at Connect a few months ago, we were reading um, Genesis 5 about people who lived to be like uh, 900 years old uh, and all that. And um, you know, sometimes people look at this skeptically and think, whoa, come on, nobody could live that long. Um, but what's 900 years compared to forever? Um, it's a drop in the ocean. You know, when God created, God created a man with a body that was supposed to last forever, death was never part of the plan. So if you want to discuss topics like this, come to Connect. We discuss loads of difficult topics, and it's absolutely great. Um, we saw Mike meets on, uh, on a Tuesday in Old Trafford, um, Corey and Leah, not this week, but next week they meet in here. And myself and my wife, we meet here as well on a Thursday. Um, the Bible teaches that, God, that death is God's enemy. Um, should we read um, 1 Corinthians 15, 25 and 26? For he must reign, that's talking about Jesus, until he has put all his 
enemies under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So we read here, death is Jesus' enemy. Death is God's enemy. This is why God had to do something about it. And in Jesus, God took on death head-on, like a head-on collision. Um, <laughs> Jesus defeated death by experiencing death and then coming back to life. Um, death tried to hold him down, uh, but he couldn't. And now, after he came back to life, death cannot touch him. A nice analogy that we could use um, to look at this is, you know, if you get infected by a virus and your immune system fights against it and wins, you develop immunity to the virus so that if it tries to come back and get you, it can't because, you know, you've got immunity. You've defeated it. Um, so you defeat the virus by experiencing the virus and overcoming it. And Jesus defeated death by experiencing death and then coming back to life so it could never touch him again. Um, so what kind of resurrection did Jesus experience? Um, see, there's resuscitation, and there's resurrection. We'll say that in some small letters, and then there's resurrection in big, big block capital letters. So resuscitation, for example, you know, you stop breathing, uh, your heart stops beating, and uh, somebody might give you mouth-to-mouth -mouth or use a machine to restore that functionality. Um, but Jesus died around 3 p.m., and, and he was on the cross uh, hanging, and... He wasn't taken down and buried until uh, just before the evening. Um, and when he was up there as well, they stabbed him just for good measure to make sure he was dead. <laughs> um, so you can't be resuscitated from that. Um, and there's a kind of resurrection that Lazarus experienced. You know, Lazarus was ill. Um, he died from the illness that he had. And then he was dead for four days, so his body started go undergoing decay. Um, but then he was resurrected back into the original body that he had before he died, totally healed from the illness that he had and totally healed from any decay that was in his body, which is an amazing miracle in itself. Um, but then sometime later in the future, he died again. Um, so this, is, this, this kind of resurrection doesn't defeat death, it just postpones death. Um, after this kind of resurrection, um, death will still come and get you. <laughs> And this is not the resurrection that Jesus experienced either. The resurrection that Jesus experienced was a complete transformation of his old body into a new body that can never die again. And this resurrection completely defeated death. In Revelation uh, 1 verse 8, we read Jesus say, I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. You know, when Lazarus was resurrected... Like he, they put him, so when he died, they put the, the culture in that day, they put him in a tomb. Like imagine like a cave. And you put him in there and you put a stone in front of him. Um, so when Lazarus died, he was in that, in that tomb for a couple of days. Um, and when he got raised to life, they had to take away the stone to let him come out. Or they had to take away the stone to go in to raise him from the dead and then for him to come out. Um, but Jesus was resurrected, and he came out of the tomb while the stone was still there. You know, in fact, it's quite funny that the people who crucified Jesus, they knew because Jesus, before he died, he went around telling everyone that I'm going to die and I'm going to come back to life. So they knew, they knew he said he was going to do this. Um, so what they did is when Jesus was put in the tomb, they sealed the tomb on the outside. So they sealed the stone so that... Um, I guess if, if somebody tried to move the stone, you'd see that the seal is broken, so you know somebody, somebody broke in. And then on top of that, they put guards to watch the outside of the tomb 
to make sure nobody could uh, try and, you know, sneak in and take Jesus out and then come and lie and say, yeah, he rose again. He's not there anymore. Um, but having the guards there actually worked out great because uh, the guards were outside making sure that nobody could go in. And while they were outside guarding the tomb, making sure nobody could go in, Jesus inside the tomb had risen and gone and left. So they were guarding an empty box, and they had no idea that what they were guarding was empty. Um, so they were actually eyewitnesses who confirmed that nobody went in and stole Jesus' body. The stone was only rolled away after Jesus had already left to let people come in and actually see that he was no longer there. Um, and he did a similar thing in, in John 20, uh, 24 to 28. Let's go there. It says, now Thomas, um, one, of the, one of the 12, this is one of the disciples who followed Jesus, uh, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So Jesus had made some appearances and this guy wasn't there at that time. Um, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Uh, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger um, where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was there with them. Though the doors were locked, so again, another sealed room, Jesus came in and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Uh, so it's actually incredible the kind of things he did with his body. <laughs> it's like he left a tomb that was completely sealed and he just appeared into a room that was completely locked and everything. It's incredible. Um, then he said to Thomas, uh, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out and put your hand into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Uh, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Um, this resurrection was proof to Jesus' followers that Jesus was God. All Thomas could say to him was, my Lord and my God. It completely changed their lives. You know, before Jesus died, um, these guys followed him around during Jesus' time on earth when he was going around preaching uh, and healing people and everything. And they followed him when everything was okay, everything was nice, nice and rosy. Um, but when the, the soldiers came to take Jesus away to crucify him, all of these guys deserted him. They all split, like all of them ran. It was actually quite funny. A couple of days before, actually the, the very night before, no, the day of before the night, before the day Jesus was crucified, he told them, he was like, you guys are all going to desert me. They were like, no, never, we will never desert you. If we're going to die, we're going to die with you. But as soon as the soldiers came, they all split. <laughs> um, but then Peter was one of, the, one of the braver ones, so at least he followed from a distance. Um, but this kind of back, backfired for him because somebody recognized him. And then they were like, uh, I'm sure I've seen you with him before. And then he, he completely denied it. He was like, no, I have no idea who that guy is. Never seen him in my life. Um, but this Peter, after Jesus' resurrection, he would never deny Jesus again. You know, in fact, he became somebody who, when he got arrested and persecuted for being a follower of Jesus, he actually celebrated. Um, we read in Acts 5.41, um, it says, The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. 
so you went from somebody before, when Jesus was dying, he was somebody who, you know, he shied away, he ran away, um, he was ashamed. Um, but after the resurrection, he was completely transformed into somebody who, who would die. And eventually he died for his faith. You know, the resurrection that Lazarus experienced, this, this resurrection where you just come back to life and you die again, that would not have made that impact on these people. So, uh, what should our response be to the resurrection? Uh, you know, the beautiful thing is, is, if you've believed in the gospel, let's read um, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 4. It says, now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you and which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are also saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. You know, if you've believed in this gospel that Jesus died and rose again so that your sins, personal, personal thing, your sins um, could be forgiven, then you are promised to receive the same resurrection that Jesus experienced. In order to bring us back to this original plan, you know, we talked about God created man to live forever. Um, you'd experience the same resurrection that Jesus experienced where we can no longer die and we're restored to that place where we can come back to having a relationship with God in a body that will last forever. Um, where am I? Uh, let, let's, let's go to Corinthians uh, 15, 50 to 57. It says, um, I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. So this is talking about our current body, um, talking about it being perishable. Listen, I will tell you a mystery that we will uh, not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must be clothed, must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with the with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the, death, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God that he has, he gives us the victory through Jesus our Lord. And so this is our future. You know, we look forward to this future with excitement and we sing about it with such excitement um, to receiving this body and, and for our future victory over death and sin. And so because this is our future, and we know this is our future, what should our response be in the present? You know, we're encouraged because we know that this is our future, uh, a, a body which has had victory over sin and death, that what we should do in the present is not to let sin rule in our current bodies. Um, so because we know what our future is, uh, let's not settle for anything less in the present. Um, in Romans 6, verse 2 to 13, 
It says, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Uh, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death that in order order that just as Christ was raised from the dead uh, through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that Christ was raised from the dead. He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body as, as sin, to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. Um, so I want to challenge us today. You know, we, we've, we've got this this body that we, and this future promise that we're looking forward to. I want to challenge us today um, to not let sin rule in our lives. And you know, um, as we grow as Christians, as we mature, you know, sometimes we might get over the the more obvious sins, you know, the bigger bigger, uh, sins. Um, We might tend to relax, you know, think, okay, yeah, I don't do this, I don't do that, you know, I'm I'm, I'm more mature, I'm I'm a higher level than somebody who's just come to believe in Jesus. but I want to encourage us to say, let's, let's not take it easy. Let's always be actively looking to deal with the sin in our lives. Like, I'm not going to start making a list of, of, of things that, that we might need to address. But um, all I'll say, one that came to me is that um, if, if you don't yet love perfectly, which I know I don't, then there's some sin in your life that you can deal with. Um, and if you're not a Christian... And you've not yet been, and if you're a Christian, sorry, and you've not yet been baptized, um, I want to encourage you to get baptized. Um, there's, there's, there's no need to wait, you know. Um, so what, what I'm going to do is, um, if I can call the um, baptizing people who I selected, and a couple of baptizers, if you just stand next to the baptism over there. Can the prayer team and the worship team come up as well? Um, so if you want to get baptized, um, you can go over and speak to those guys. You know, we've got clothes um, that you can go and get wet in. Don't worry about what you've come with. You know, when I got baptized, um, it was a similar situation to what we hear now. Um, somebody was preaching, and when I woke up in the morning, I didn't plan to get baptized. I just woke up and was like, yeah, going to church, normal. I was sat actually right over there. And, um, and when somebody made an, made, gave an invitation for us to come, uh, the person next to me just elbowed me and said, um, you know, do you want to go for it? And then I was there, I was like, oh, uh, you know, just trying to come up with loads of excuses. And then when I thought about it, I was like, there's, there's, no, there's, no, ex- there's no real excuse, you know. Um, if you've come to know Jesus, you know, um, what, what we're reading about here, dying to sin, you know, your salvation is free. It's a free gift from God, you know, he gives it to you. But, he, but there is an expectation that when you come to God, you know, there is a, a giving up of, of what he doesn't want in you. And, and I think... 
Um, living, living your life as a Christian and not, and not wanting to get baptized is kind of like saying, God, I want everything that, that you want to give to me, but I don't want to give up anything that you don't want me to, to, to currently have. So I just encourage you, um, go speak to the people over there. Um, actually, what we're going to do is, could everybody stand up? Sorry. And um, if you could just elbow the person next to you, and um, not, not too hard. And if there's no one next to you, find somebody to stand next to and just give them a bit of a nudge. And just ask them, have you, have you been baptized? And um, if the answer is no, um, if, if the answer is no, you know, just encourage them, say, go for it. Uh, and if you're not a Christian, and, and you know, you want to you wanna be introduced to Jesus today, you know, you want to... Um, Come and understand all this stuff that we're talking about. Um, we've got the prayer team over there, and they'll be really happy to stand with you, to pray with you, and to help um, help you understand everything that we're talking about. So we're going to carry on. Um, if the worship team are ready, we're going to carry on celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And yeah, I just encourage us to respond. You know, let's die to sin, let's get baptized, and let's come and meet Jesus for the first time if you've never met him.